welcome back to Ramblings of a Mad Guy. It's me, Reese, and the Mad Guy, obviously. <laughs> the only guy here. Um, this is this is it, boys. I'm come. I'm back. I'm back in business. Um, a friend of mine, Dan, said he said, uh, you know, you got to get a better audio setup. You know, I got to get this sounding crisp, and I agree with him. So keep a lookout for that. I, I know this is like, this is supposed to be, be like season 2 episode 6 or something. 5 or 6, who knows. Um, probably I should know, is the answer. <laughs> if anyone should know, it should be me. But anyway, so, this is like episode 6 or something of season 2. But really, maybe this will just be the last episode of season 2, and when I get the new mic and stuff... Um, then we'll launch into season six with some epic material coming up this coming up. We got an interview with an apiarist. If you don't know what that is, read a fucking book, idiot. Uh, no, I'm kidding. An apiarist is a beekeeper. Um, that, so keep that, that's on the docket for this next, uh, you know, little spurt of ramblings. And then uh, after the apiarist, at some point, I'm going to talk about um, German camp, which is not as Hitlery as it sounds. Slightly less. Actually, it, there were elements of Hitler, definitely, at German camp. Um, but we will be having a good... Uh, a, well, I would call him a good friend. I want to, um, even though I only knew him for that one month at German camp. But uh, you reached out recently, John... Preston will be joining us for a special German camp episode. So keep a look, keep an eye out for that kind of stuff. Um, anyway, we're two minutes in here, I guess. I wanted to um, address... Do people love or do they hate Neil deGrasse Tyson? I'm serious. Like, seriously. Like, you, personally. Ask yourself that question. I've I didn't know for a long time. I think when I was a little kid, I think when I was a little kid, I loved him. Um, and now I solidly hate him. And I think that's probably the progression of life. It's sort of like um, it's like the reverse of spinach. You know, when you're a little kid, you like detest it automatically, and you grow up and you love it, or you at least tolerate it. Um. I think Neil deGrasse Tyson you love as a little kid because you buy because so, like Cosmos is cool, I guess the new one. Um, and then even as like an angsty teenager, you kind of like him because you're like, yeah, God is dead. Like there's no, you know, fucking science is God, really. You know, well at least I don't know how most people's teen angst manifests, but <laughs> maybe it's not like that. Maybe it's not like that. Um, but anyway. Now, because I have like a, a semblance of God in my life, I just, I, I can't stand Neil deGrasse Tyson. I just absolutely hate him. And this is the, per I'll give you a sort of like a perfect, the only example you'll need to get what I mean, you know? Like he just has no room for the mystical in his life at all. And he leaves no room for it. So he's giving a... um. He's giving a big, like, speech or something. It's actually more like an interview, right? Like a one-on-one -on -one interview 
on, at the Y on the 92Y in Manhattan, right? That's the Upper East Side. Um, very waspy area, very preppy area, um, sort of upper crusty. Lots of like sort of rich atheists, you know what I mean? A lot of people that really love Neil deGrasse Tyson, like they never grew out of loving Neil deGrasse Tyson, right? So it's like his crowd, he's killing, you know, he's joke after joke, terrible by the way, terrible science joke after joke, landing to the whole crowd. The uh, the person that's interviewing him, just sucking his dick. It's great. I mean, it's like Neil, Neil is in his comfort zone. So anyway, he gets so in his comfort zone, he tells this, uh, he tells this like wonderful story, which just sums up his whole, like the whole problem with Neil. Um, so he's like, um, and I want to get this right. So I will, um, <laughs> even if I have to cut around my own bad storytelling. Um, so basically one of these upper crusty, upper crusty wasps that's sitting, listening to Neil um, raises their hand and has a question. And it's actually a good question, <laughs> which is surprising. Um, cause the question is, um, Neil, this is great. I love all this science stuff. I'm with you. I believe in it all. And I'm with you on it all. And I'm, I'm not, I believe in it. I believe you about these like, you know, ideas of the fourth dimension and whatever. Um, my question is, is there any room for God still in science? And Neil, instead of thinking about this for one second and going, wow, this is an excellent question. Which to me, by the way, the answer appears to be yes. And we can get into that later. But anyway, to him, Neil, he goes, oh, ha, 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 ha. And the, uh, the, like, the announcer or whatever, interviewer, um, matches that energy, you know, and goes along with him. And gives it a, also like a snarky laugh. It's like the snarkiest laugh you could say. And so essentially it shuts down the question entirely. And goes, let me answer that with a story. By the way, I think the story is like a non sequitur anyway. But this is the story, which just goes even further into Neil deGrasse Tyson's like asshole, assholishness, right? He goes, I have um, a, a sister-in-law. Now... By all standards and measures, she is a reasonable scientific person. But, I mean, oh, and then, <laughs> this is great. He goes, he goes, I mean, and to prove that she's a scientific and a reasonable person, uh, Neil, go, Neil deGrasse Tyson goes, I mean, she's a real estate agent, for God's sakes. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, well, anyway, I don't know. Maybe, uh, whatever, maybe they're reasonable people, but I don't think particularly more than anyone else. But anyway, so he goes, so by all measures, she's a reasonable person. But when her father died, she went to his wake. And she was in the room alone with his dead body. And she has told me and confessed to me that her father spoke to her in that room. And he said, he told her, beautiful, he told her things like, um, I'm happy. Um, and I, I love you. And I'll be with you. And now to me, this was total horseshit, <laughs> you know, and he starts laughing and giving me this horrible laugh. I'm like, so he basically describes like a beautiful sort of like spiritual interaction between like a, 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 a daughter and her recently deceased father. 
and he laughs at it, and he goes, now, listen, next, I, this is what, I, she told me this, and I respect her boundaries, but I say to her, next time this happens, take out your camera, take a picture, record it, ask scientific questions. You know, you're wasting your times with questions like, are you happy? And um, where are, uh, like, will you, or do you love me? And all this. Um, these are the three questions that I would ask if I were there. And I shit you not. This is, the rest of it I was kind of like, I'm basically paraphrasing, but watch the video. It's, it's accurate. This is verbatim uh, because it was so retarded. I memorized the three questions. These are the three questions that Neil deGrasse Tyson would ask his own dead father who had just come back to life. <laughs> he goes, he goes, number one, are you wearing clothes? Okay, you got that? Number two, how did you get there? All right, that's a decent one. Number two, not so bad, Neil. That's a decent one. How did you get there? Not the best, but not bad. Number three, where did you get your clothes? Yeah. So, I mean, like, is this guy even a scientist? You know what I mean? Like, these are the three most retarded questions I've ever heard in my life. How did you get there is like, all right, fair enough. Two of his three questions to his own dead father were about his clothes. Was he wearing them? Then he assumed that the answer was yes. How did you get your clothes in heaven, in the afterlife? Not how did you come back to life? Also, I feel like the, 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 <laughs> the sister-in-law or whatever, her answer, her questions, if those answers were prompted by questions, were so much better. Where are, like... Because the father said stuff like, uh, like, I love you, and I'll be with you, and I'm happy, right? Like, so the, qu the sister must have asked, like, are you happy? That's an excellent question for someone that's dead. Um, w yeah, will you be able to, like, um, see me as I go through my life? That's an excellent question for dead people. Or will, you, will at least, like, your spirit be with me? G great, great question. Uh, and, uh, and then what, what is it like, uh, are you, ha I can't remember, but anyway, do you love me? Yeah, right. Just a good question in general to ask a parent, like one last time to hear it. Right. And even if this is like some kind of delusion, who's to say that it didn't come, that's not a delusion that was born of some supernatural or like, don't even say supernatural. If you want Neil DeGrasse, Neil for you, I know you're a big fan of the pod. Um, so I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just, uh. I'm just rustling your jimmies here a little bit. I'm not trying to pick any uh, beef, you know, but uh, you're a bit of a retard. <laughs> uh, you're a bit of a retard. Uh, because who's to say? You don't know how... Uh, it could be a fourth dimensional... Th what ha who is to say that when you die in the third dimension, you don't um, move on to the fourth or the fifth or the sixth dimension? We only can define these dimensions mathematically. We, we don't know how they're represented. Um, so... What if it's a shadow of a fourth dimensional person who's died doing their last shit in the third dimension? You know what I mean? Neil? Um, so anyway. Um, 
I don't know why that just like irked me so much, but I really hate Neil deGrasse Tyson. I'm not I'm not in on him. Um Oh yeah, this is great. I was watch I was walking, so I just I'm a new student at LMU, which is in Los Angeles, right? California. And this is the hilarious thing about like uh, colleges in in LA cuz like uh the notable alumni which is like fair. Like nobody's notable alumni is good. Every school has like one or two things, right? Um, and like a huge school might have like 15 people that you like have heard of. Like a heart. I mean, well, Harvard and Yale have had like a million or whatever. But like the the minus the Ivies. But the no, yeah, I don't. Even, honestly, you shouldn't even do notable alumni if you're if you're not in the Ivy League. I don't think. Not as uh, not because it's the Ivy League, but just or or like um, a school where you have like literally like 25 people that everybody would actually know their name because otherwise it's just like what am I doing here what whose bio am I reading I'm reading some guy's LinkedIn page on a giant plaque in the student center of LMU so anyway right so I'm walking <laughs> so I'm, <laughs> I'm walking down the hall and it's like this woman right and I'm reading all of them because I have like 20 minutes before class and that this is how bored I am I guess I should just sit somewhere and, and do shit on my phone, but whatever. I'm reading people's fucking LinkedIn bios on a plaque. And uh, so it's this woman. And the heading, and the heading, it, this is why it kind of interests me, because the heading was, why volunteering is important. And But she looked like sort of like a powerful like um, executive woman. So I was like, what? Volunteering? Wow. Okay. Well, what's her deal um, in the picture? And so um, then it turns out that her volunteer work was essentially just fucking Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> that was literally what the so so she she was an intern she was an intern at a radio station um back when radio was like a thing right um in like the nine late late 90s maybe early 2000s um maybe at the end of radio being a thing but it must have been still um because she was an intern at a st station and then this was her volunteer work she would stay pro bono no pay after her internship, which I guess was paid, so good for her. I mean, fucking a, um, to and, and then do like work the board for Ryan Seacrest's show. So think about this: she's like a twenty, maybe a twenty-year-old, twenty-one-year-old, twenty-two-year-old, like college chick, and a guy who's like famously the hottest guy in the country, right? Has a radio show. And you have the opportunity to just like sit there and stare at him for two hours, two or three hours. <laughs> and then they called this. So like, that's fine. I get it, dude. No, that trust me. I'm with her. That was a great tactic. And she ended up. So then the way she became successful is she ended up um, sort of like, uh, I mean, the way they put it was like helping Ryan syndicate his radio show. But really, I mean, you know, come on. She was maybe a little bit of coattail, coattail riding. I don't know. I don't want to, um, you know, indict the, the poor girl, well, woman at this point. Um, but anyway, hey, look, she saw something in Ryan, <laughs> probably the the outline of his penis and his tight pants, <laughs> and she rode that baby uh, to to greatness in the radio in the radio world. So hey, I'm with her, um, and I think she's probably the most notable on that board. But it's just funny that they the heading that they put on the plaque was uh, why volunteering is important. 
It's like, yeah, I mean, you know. All right, fair enough. LA is really um, weird. I uh, I was walking around my neighborhood when I first got here, like around the apartment, right? And like literally, I walk one block down the, down the street, <clears throat> and there's a trophy store, right? Which is not that weird. There's lots of trophies in there. It's, I, I guess you go. I don't know who goes to a trophy store, like a soccer coach, or something. But anyway, there's a sign in the window for the trophy store. It said, in case of an emergency, text, like 803, you know, whatever, some phone number, like a legit phone number. Which, like, I don't know if that's a joke. Is that a joke? Is it like a fake number? Because what in the fuck kind of emergency? So, I mean, I'm not going to spend a long time on this, but I mean, seriously, what kind of fucking emergency? I think it should be pretty clear to you guys what the joke is here. What kind of emergency are you texting a trophy store for? And also, I've never heard of an emergency that you can text someone about. <laughs> Isn't that usually at least a phone call? So I think it, it might be some kind of joke sign. I don't want it to spend too long on it in case it is like a joke sign. You know, you know what I mean? That'd be embarrassing to me. Um, anyway, this has been this episode. Wow, it's been a longer one than I anticipated, but hey, we're back, baby. Get ready. Ramblings. Peace out.